Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hey guys, I am so excited. I know I always say that, but legit, I am so excited for tonight. Yes, we are on our series called Resilient Faith. Resilient faith, resilient faith. Man, come on. Anybody receiving something in this series? We're talking about resilient faith works by love. Works by love. Love, 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 love. There we go. It's that work, 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 work. Works by love. Works by love. Paul said in Galatians 5, 6, this is the Amplified, For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Faith works by love, loving God, loving people, and loving life. Sometimes we totally over-spiritualize faith. We're like, man, if I have faith to move a mountains, you have all the faith you will ever need but it's expressed through love. How do we express love? Love for one another. You know, like, no, I'm expressing my love to God. Of course you're expressing love to God because you can't see him. No, how do you express love to God? Express love to his kids. Express love to those who he loves. Who does God love? The whole world. Okay, there's no excuses. All right. Faith works by love. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6.11, this is the message. Dear love life, look at your neighbor and say, wake up, love life, dear love life. Come on, we're going to throw love life in there. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. Look at your neighbor and say, nobody fenced you in. Come on. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small. Man, guys, your lives aren't small. How many of you feel like you have a small life? Do you want to know when we get caught up and we feel like we have a small life? When it's all about us. Everything's about us. We're consumed about us. We have a generation. We got a society that is looking for a purpose. Why? Because every single one of us know that life is more than just us. There's so much more to life than just this. There's got to be more. There's got to be a purpose. There's got to be a cause. I've got to be born for something more than just this. Come on. Let's break out and break free to a spacious life, right? Nobody fenced you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. You, you, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open your lives, live openly and expansively. We fence our lives in totally when we make it all about us. Can you see how that happens? When you're so consumed with yourself, It's like when you actually lay your life down, you give it away for others is when you truly find it. There's nothing more rewarding to know that somebody else is going to heaven because you led them to Jesus. Like, come, everybody's a born leader, right? You're born to lead somebody to Jesus. We all got the gift. We all got the call. Resilient faith expresses itself through love. 
We get so consumed about, man, I got to believe God to move this mountain. I got to believe God to do this and this and this and this, right? For myself. I didn't believe God for this job. I didn't believe God for this healing. Can I ask you, when's the last time you believed God for somebody else? When's the last time that you took all the faith you got, what you have, all that you need, and put that towards somebody else's benefit? Believe God for somebody else's victory, for someone else's breakthrough, for someone else's healing, for someone else's salvation? When's the last time you believe God for somebody to be saved? Do you know that there's a broken world out there saying, will somebody please believe in me? Will somebody please believe for me? Let's be those people. Let's be the ones that rise up and we know our purpose. We're not so consumed about ourselves that we're living small lives. But let's open up our lives. Let's live big. Let's live to give. We give of our time, our talent, our treasures here at Love Life. Why? Because we know that that's just seed in the ground. When we make it all about others, God's making it all about us. When we're making other people's dreams come true, God is actually placing you where you're called to be. Where you're called to be. When's the last time you believe God for somebody else? No guilt, no condemnation, just change. Just change, right? Right now, more than ever, the world is needing hope. They need somebody to rise up and say, hope is alive. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive. How? Because hope is in me. Hope lives in you. We have Jesus alive in us. And that's how we keep hope alive. Everywhere we go, they're like, man, why you look different, walk different, talk different? Because hope is alive. Hope is alive. It's not a personality type. They'll be like, oh, if I just had your personality. It's not a personality type. It's a blood type. The blood of Jesus be flowing through these veins, and that's what it's all about. Next time somebody's like, it's just, it's just your personality. Like, no, it's a blood type. Blood of Jesus be up in here, up in here. All right. Y'all, y'all ready? Because I came to preach. I, I told you I was excited. I got all this hope inside. Woo! Jesus said in John 13, 34, New King James Version, a new commandment, a new, y'all ready for this word? I don't know if you're ready. A new responsibility. That ain't a cuss word. In case you thought it was. A new responsibility I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this, all will know that you are my disciples. How are people going to know that we're followers of Jesus because of our love for one another? Because of our, man, me and my sisters were just talking about this today. And maybe it's just us. Maybe it's just our family. Maybe we're just weird, okay? You know, everybody's got their own quirks, okay? So we can express love for others. You know, like, oh, I love you. So proud of you. And, but, like, sometimes for each other, my own sisters, who I love more than anybody else, you know, it's like, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. And I'm like, Chatel was like, well, you know that I know what you know, that you know that I know that we tight, right? <laughs> Is that so 
weird? <laughs> We're just talking about it today. It's so sometimes so hard to be like, I love you. I love you. Why? Because we've been brought up in some whack generation that we can't express love the right way. But we're learning that faith works by love. Faith expresses itself through love. And we ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. We ain't got nothing to be afraid of. We ain't going to hurt each other. We love each other. I love you. That's right. Threw it out there. A new responsibility. We're ready to take up this responsibility. That's how the world is going to know that we're Jesus followers. Our love for who? For one another. Woo! No guilt, no condemnation, just change, right? Just change. We all gonna get a whooping today. Just in case you are wondering, look at your neighbors, say, if you came to receive something, right? Love corrects. We come in this generation where everybody gets a trophy and nobody gets a whooping, and look at them. Look at them out there throwing a fit, looking like toddlers walking around. Maybe we need to take away some of them trophies and give some more whooping and whoop whoop. Anyways, love corrects. God loves us, there comes the correction, right? Why? So that we can get back on track. So we can, so that there's a path that God has for us, and we need to know that path. And correction says, come back on the path. It's all right. You know what I mean? Your mom teaches you not to touch the stove because she loves you. Some crazy mom be like, touch it. <laughs> That's not God. <laughs> no, we need correction. That was her free in, in case anybody was wondering, right? We speak the truth in love. All right. Love for one another. Resilient faith expresses itself through love. Through love for one another. You want to know what Paul says, how we love one another? Guys, Paul is the, you know, he's the ultimate example. Just saying, right? Jesus is the ultimate, ultimate, but like Paul's really close. <laughs> Paul said, this is how we love one another. Submit to one another. Anybody got an issue with that? I can do anything in our house, right? But when I'm asked to do it, oh my gosh. It's like, can you, can you do something? And we rarely ask and each other anything because first of all, you gotta see how each other works, right? I live with my sisters. We don't ask each other, we just know, right? This is like, take out the, the trash, you know? That, you just send the signal, and it, and it just gets in there, and you do it. But the moment you say it, oh, forget it. It's never going to happen, right? But, because well, we need to grow in love, right? But then, if somebody asks me here at church, oh, man, I'm on it. Yeah, you need the trash. Come on, I'll get the toddler's trash. I'll get, the, I'll get all the trash, any trash. At home? Wow, oh, what? How dare you ask me to take that out? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress, right? Not perfection, but progress. I'm on my way. Until Jesus comes, <laughs> your girl going to be working, right? Submitting to one another. Forgiving one another. Encouraging one another. I love encouraging one another. First of all, give me all the encouragement you want. But I, I, I mean, you, first of all, because I get so excited when somebody's doing the right thing. I'm like, what? got this come on it's just a season get it girl you can do this overcome well, this is how we show love for one another encouraging one another and I'm pretty sure that Saturday is like national encourage each other day look it up not right now later uh, restoring one another restoring one another man how many people out there need to re be restored back to the, the house of God Who's going to rise up and restore one another? 
accepting one another, caring for one another, bearing with one another, carrying burdens for one another, just like Jesus, just like Jesus, just like the Father, and just like love. Because Jesus came to show us the Father, and God is love, right? Life is life, but God is love. Never confuse the two. Life happens. We're living in a fallen world. Life is life. Life is hard. Sometimes life is difficult, but God is love. God is faithful. God is good. And faith works by love. Loving those who God loves. Look at your neighbors. Who does God love? The whole world. We know this, right? Our love for one another is expressed by how we treat. Our love for God is expressed by how we treat one another. You know, it's funny because if you're a parent in the room, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I parent so many generations in this place, and you could see somebody like worshiping God and you're so proud of them, but then they hate each other. And you're like, come on guys, you know? Parents, how many of you guys like, you love to see your kids serving in church, but then they beat the crap out of each other when they get home. And it's like, can you just love each other? Can't, can't we just get along, right? Imagine God, here we are throwing fits with one another, slapping each other, can't stand each other. And he's like, can't we all just get along, right? And you're over here worshiping God, woo! yeah worship <clears throat> you know what's so funny because I get to be up here and this is great but I get to see so many spouses elbow each other and it's like oh ah. <laughs> you're always supposed to be receiving for yourself right and there you are like did you hear that about the trash that was for you <laughs> but we can get so caught up we get so caught up religiously about, okay, I need to read my Bible for this many minutes. I need to pray for this many hours. I need to go to church. I need to do this. I need to do this. And I need to do this. And we get so caught up in how we treat God. And God's like, how do you treat others? Where's your love for one another? Because that's your faith expressed. And that's how the world is going to know that you're my followers. You're my disciples, right? Resilient faith takes responsibility. Here we go. Resilient faith takes responsibility for their life and how they treat others. It is my responsibility. My life is my responsibility. And how I treat others is my responsibility, right? Religion blames. Relationship takes responsibility. Religion blames everybody. It's everybody's fault. Relationship takes responsibility, right? The atmosphere of your life is the key to your heart. The atmosphere of your life, the surrounding of your life, get off the religious treadmill. It's going nowhere and you're exhausted. How many times can I pray? And there you are, right? You're just, you're, there you go. And that's the weirdest run. Don't, you know, don't judge me, okay? Never said I was a runner. But get off the religion treadmill. It's going nowhere and start having a relationship with God, right? Come back to life, right? Life and life more abundantly. Where do we find life and life more abundantly? In Jesus. Only in Jesus is freedom. Only in Jesus, right? And when you get that life and life more abundantly, you start to have passion. You start to have hunger for what? For others for true purpose in life? How can you help others? How can you be a part of the change? How can you be the change, right? In Jesus, we find purpose. Proverbs 4.23, the New King James Version, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your what? 
Keep your heart. Keep, guard, protect, watch over your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. Not pastors. Ooh, my heart's getting all nasty. It's the pastor's fault. Nope, it's not pastors. It's your responsibility. It's not your spouses. It's not your parents. It's not your bosses. It's not the government's responsibility. It's your responsibility to keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it comes the issues of life. Out of it comes the things you're dealing with. Keep, guard, protect, watch over your heart. Responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not a bad word. It's not a cuss word. Responsibilities, a noun, plural, responsibilities. The state or fact of being responsible. <laughs> you know, responsible, answerable, accountable for something within one's power, control, or management. An instance of being responsible. The responsibility for this mess is yours. A particular burden of obligation upon one who is responsible. The responsibilities of authority. A person, thing for which one is responsible, right? A child is a responsibility of a parent. That's just so funny to me. Not being an official parent, but just these kids be running around and everything's like, where's your parent? Where's your parent? And anyways, I'm not going to go any further than that, okay? A child responsibility. Reliability, dependability, especially in meeting debts or payments. Responsibility is yours. Take it. Responsibility is yours to take. You have to take it. You want a successful life? Take responsibility. Take responsibility in the areas of your life, in your finances, right, in your relationships, in your health, right, all kinds of things, in your education, in your career. Take responsibility. Responsibility is key to growth, right? It's yours. Take it. As Christ followers, love is the foundation of our life, right? Love, 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 love. Love is the foundation of our life, our being, of who we are. God loves us. And the first thing that God gave us, you want to know the first thing that God gave us in a perfect state before sin hit this place? God gave us responsibility. God gave us responsibility. You know what he said? He said, be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, New King James Version. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing. You know what? If you a creep and you out there, we got authority. I always think of that. I'm just saying all the DMs, it's creepy. That is creepy. And I always think of this scripture when y'all be creeping. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, creepy things that be creeping up on this earth. So God created man in his, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God 
gave them responsibility in the perfect state. And sometimes I feel like we're like so thinking heaven is going to be boring and we're not going to have nothing to do. And you're just like, man, I need to take, I need to have so much fun here. I need to hurry up and get married. I need to hurry up and have kids. And I need to do all this before the rapture. How many of you guys enjoying the series on the rapture? Amen. I remember being a young person and Hashanah talking about the clock tick, 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 and how he said it just the other day on Sunday. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's on YouTube. Bomb. It's so awesome. It's so awesome to know that we have nothing to fear. But we can get caught up in thinking that heaven's going to be this boring place and that we got nothing to do. You know what? God created the earth. God created man in his own image. And God gave him responsibility. I can't wait to get to heaven and talk about responsibility. I'm like, God, what's going to be my job? What's my responsibility? I can't wait. We're going to be ruling and reigning. You know, what's up, God? Let's do this. And, you know, it's wood, hay, and stubble going to hit the fire. All the precious jewels and gold. And I'm like, God, what's the gold for? What, you know, am I going to be buying shoes up there? Is my mansion going to need some repairs? I don't know, but I want to know because I want a lot of it. If there's a Saxworth Avenue and we need to be spending some money, I want the cha-chang. But anyways, heaven ain't going to be boring. Heaven is not going to be boring. We can't understand it. We just can't understand it yet. But I'd be asking God these wild questions. I don't got no answers, but I'm just saying I ask. God stays the same. He came in the cool of the day. He never leaves, we do. You know that religion tells us that God leaves. God leaves you. And God stayed the same. He came to them in the cool of the day. They hid. They blamed, right? They hid and they blamed. Genesis 3, 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. God was trying to help them understand why they were where they were. You know, when a parent finds you and they're trying to help you understand, why are you where you at? And, you're like, and what are you doing? Hiding. I'm not here. We see you there, okay? And you're like, oh, I didn't do it. And you're covered in chocolate. And you're like, I, I didn't eat any chocolate, Mom. And you got frosting everywhere, chocolate cake everywhere. No, no, the dog ate it, okay? And then what, licked your face? Like, what happened here? God was trying to help them understand why they were where they were, teaching them to take ownership, teaching them to get understanding, teaching them to take responsibility. Parents, how many of you guys want to teach your kids to take ownership, teach them to get understanding, teach them to take responsibility, right? All, that life, all the things that happen in life, you get to be a victim or you get to receive the lesson from it. I don't want to be a victim to anything that happens in my life. I want to receive the lesson. What is it I can learn from this and teach others to move on, right? Teach others, don't go down this path, right? Take responsibility. Genesis 3, 9 through 10, New King James Version. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Why are you where you are? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. <laughs> when we don't take responsibility, we hide and we blame. We hide and we blame. You know that you're hiding from God, and God is everywhere. God is with you, and God's saying, why are you where you are? So that we can get out of this mess. So that you cannot just, he's not, we think that God's just like a genie in a bottle, and He's just going to, we're going to wish it all away. You got yourself in that situation, and God wants to help you grow from that so that you don't repeat it, 
right? So you get understanding. So that there's a better way. We're just like, no, God, take me, take me. Ah! And you hide it from him. He's there with you. Genesis 3.11, and he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with me, yeah, that one, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. He's like, God, first of all, you didn't have no clothes on her, so of course, she gave it to me, I ate it. He's blaming God. He's Adam, <laughs> first human, blames God. <laughs> And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, you know, that serpent, he was creeping and crawling. I didn't take authority over him. And he creeped and crawled right over here. And he deceived me and I ate. Blame, 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 blame. Game, 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 game. You're going to be playing the same games for the rest of your life unless you learn the lesson. It's time to get off the Ferris wheel, get off the, the treadmill, and learn the lesson that we need to learn and move on, right? We respect those who take responsibility. Man, when somebody steps up and they take responsibility, they own it. Like, we respect those people. We honor those who rise up and take responsibility, right? Responsible people, they have a happier life. Responsible people, they have a more fulfilled life. Why? Because they own it. They take responsibility. They take responsibility for what's going on in their life. Responsible people live more fulfilled lives. It's, this is a facts. You want to know why? Because I've lived on both sides. I've lived on both sides of, huh? who, me? What's it me? Because, baby, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. All that kind of stuff. You're just playing games. And then you grow up. And one day you start taking responsibility. You start taking ownership. Man, I never want things to happen here or where I'm responsible that somebody else got to tell on me. I'll be the first to tell on myself. Why? Because I want to take ownership. I want to take responsibility. And you know what? You have so much more favor. We want to change the world. We want to change the world, right? Any world changes in the house? Hey, but we don't want to change the diaper. <laughs> Do you know that here we need help? We need people in the nursery. We need people with the toddlers. We need some people like, okay, whoa, I want to change the world. I don't want to change no diaper. Okay, not everybody's called to change a diaper. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's maybe not your thing. But we need you. We need you. You have, a, you have a part to play. Everybody has a part to play. From nursery to youth ministry, from greeting to translation. Like legit, everybody has a part to play. We're going to change the world playing our part playing our part, right? Church isn't a membership. It's a responsibility. Not some membership. This ain't the gym membership that you pay in $10. And I mean, I don't even know if gyms are open anymore. This ain't no membership. It's a responsibility. Paul said in Ephesians 4, 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. When we're speaking the truth in love, we're, we're growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So as you do your part, you're helping other parts grow because they see you doing your part and they fit together doing their part. We're not all called to do the same thing, but we each have a part to play, right? So that the whole body is healthy and growing full of of what? Full of love. Full of love. Like, full of faith. Full of love. Full of love. 
Faith works by love. And we are speaking the truth in love here at Love Life, right? You came for the word. You came for the truth. And we are growing in love every single day. And how are we going to grow in love? By helping others. By helping others, right? Faith works by love. Those who are strong in the faith ought to help others. Like, I'm so strong in the faith. People be talking about, give me the meat of the word. I'm strong in the faith. I'm like, where are you helping others at? You know? You got every scripture memorized, but you don't help no one. How is that helping you? Romans 15, 1. This is the message. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not, and not just do it when it's most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, not asking your neighbor, how can you help me? How, church, how can you help me? Others, how can you help me? Right? No. Ask yourself, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. Loving God, loving people, loving life, just like Jesus just like the Father. We need to learn to grow in love. We want faith to move the mountains. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. Some of you need faith for a job. Some of you need faith for wisdom. Some of you need faith. Faith works by love. Help somebody else in the same situation. When's the last time you believe God for somebody else, right? See where's the need and how you can meet it, and you will become so fulfilled. Because you start becoming God, you start becoming love, you start showing love to others, and then others are saying, what is it that you have? And what you say is you have the love of God. It's the love of God that was poured into your heart that gave you compassion on others, right? Just like Jesus, just like the Father, for the one. Faith works by love. Loving those who God loves. This is the part where it's like God loves everybody. You know, thank God I'm not God because I'm picky. But God, God loves everybody because God is love. And our devotion to God is, in, is expressed by how we love one another. Not how many scriptures we have memorized. Not that we read the whole Bible this year. But that we have love for one another. That we're out there expressing the love of God to others everywhere that we go. That includes when we drive. That includes when we go to the store. That includes when, you know, how many of you guys, I've been working on my driving. I'm done telling on myself about the driving thing. But it's just because, no, I'm not going to make any excuses. It's anyways. Consistency is key. Preach to yourself, girl. Preach to yourself. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, So I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I become a sounding brass or a banging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, whoa, I can prophesy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. What? You could prophesy? You have all faith to move a mountain? What? But if you have not love, you're nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. To me, understanding that 
blows my mind because people are searching for spiritual gifts. People want to prophesy. People want to know, understand all the mysteries of the Bible. Let me know the mystery of the church, the mystery of the rapture, the mystery of end times. I want to know it all. But if you have not love, you're nothing. What? Oh my goodness. It profits me nothing. Love. We, we romanticize this. We, say, we, we, us as girls, we hear this at a wedding and we're like, give me the tissues. Oh my gosh. He loves her. Yeah. How does he treat her in love the rest of his life? Whoa. Anyways. But I feel like we were, we, we over romanticize this and this, this is gritty. This is love suffers long. How many of you guys put that in your vows? I'm going to suffer long for you. Sucker, because you are going to suffer and it will be long. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But we, we like make this poetry. And Paul's over here like, love suffers long. You want to know why? Because they were suffering. They were suffering. They were being all kinds of crazy things. They were being whipped, beat, thrown in jail. And why? To preach the gospel, to make sure that this went to generation, to generation, to generation, so that we would be here today walking in this freedom. Love suffered long so that you and I could have this. Love suffered long. Whoo! And is kind. Love does not envy Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely, Sasha. Rudely. Sometimes, anyways. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. You know what? We need to start believing the best. It's so easy to think the worst. But we're, no, love, no, we're like, no, no, no. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Imagine if we started having this kind of love for one another, bearing all things, believing all things, enduring all things, the world would stop in its tracks and say, what is it that you have? Or they'd say, what is it that you smoking? Because we're not sure what's going on here. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecy, they will fail. Where there, is, there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there are knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part. Like, guys, we only know in part right now. Imagine when we know all. We only know in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away and we'll fully know. When I was a child, look at your neighbor saying, girl, boy, listen up. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, I took responsibility and put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Like for right now, it's not clear, but soon face to face, now in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. Like, we're going to know God just as he knows us. Oh, 
We're going to know love just as he knows us. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, the greatest of these is love. Faith works by love. And how many of you agree that we have some growing up in love to do? We've got some growing up in love to do, right? When we was a child, we spoke, we thought as a child. But we're ready to take on responsibility and put away childish things and start suffering long, enduring long, believing the best, enduring all things, right? Love never fails. And we never fail when we walk by love. Because God, God loves the whole world, God loves the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Yes, you, even you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus. He loves you so much that he has a better path for your life. He loves you so much He's giving you responsibility, but it's up for you to take it. You have to take responsibility. You have to renew your mind. You have to renew your mind to the word of God, to what God says about you, his plan and his path for your life, right? God loves you just as you are. But for real, he does not want to leave you there. He wants to bring you up. He wants to raise you up. He wants you to be that world changer, changing diapers in the nursery, just saying. (laughs) I can't wait for kids' class to open up. I can't wait for all the littles to be running around screaming. I can't wait for all the chaos to come. We cannot wait to have the kids back in this place just saying, right? So God loves you. God loves every single one of us, and God has a plan just for you. He has a special place for you in the church body. He has a special place for you in the body of Christ. It's time to grow in love and take responsibility in your part to play. Amen? Amen. You know what? If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would love to give you an opportunity to call on Jesus, to call on the name of Jesus, and you shall be saved, right? Let's take this opportunity to call on the name of Jesus if you have not. Just repeat with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I call on your name right now. I believe in you. I ask you to set me free and save me. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life. I receive it, all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.